I personally cannot imagine the agony suffered by the man Jesus meets in our story for this morning. And thankfully, I don't think many of us can personally imagine. But we have to try to understand, if we are to understand the power for healing that's revealed in this morning's story, which is the point. Whether we believe in demonic possession or not, this man is clearly in the midst of catastrophic psychological, catastrophic spiritual turmoil and despair. We read in verse 3 that this man lived in the tombs and no one could, could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. On the east side of the Sea of Galilee, there are steep limestone cliffs that have natural caves in them. These caves served as tombs for the dead. And that's where this man lived. He lived in these tombs among the dead. And whatever it was that was tormenting his mind and soul, it filled him with such fear or fury that he had the strength to break iron chains meant to keep him constrained. And we need to dwell on that for a moment. Those who are tasked with protecting the, the town, the townspeople, or maybe even protecting the man himself, bound this man with iron chains, we hear in verse 4. He had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. This is a human being already tormented who's then bound in iron chains, hands and feet. Then in verse 5, we hear night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out night and day and cry out is more literally translated. He howled. He was so tormented, howled day and night. And then we hear finally, in addition to night and day uh, howling among the tombs, he would cut himself with stones. And so either the, the pain within this man was so horrific that he needed some sort of physical wound to justify his pain, or he was so disassociated from his body that he was desperate to feel anything that was connected to himself. So I don't care what we call it, for this man, existence was filled moment to moment with horror. No, I don't care particular, particularly what we call it, it is important that we hear how this man identifies himself. Verse 9, Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. 
in and of itself, the plurality of what this man feels living within him is heartbreaking. But that word legion specifically points us to a possible source for his brokenness and the immensity of it. This area on the east side of the the Sea of Galilee was Roman-occupied land. A legion was the military designation for a group of 6,000 Roman soldiers. That's what this man says is living within him. William Barclay suggests that there may be a connection between the story of this area, the Roman occupation, and the horror that this man experienced. Barclay writes, The legions at their wildest and most irresponsible could sometimes be guilty of atrocities that would make the blood run cold. It may well be that this man had seen, had suffered from, or had seen his loved ones suffer from the murder and the rape and the torture that could sometimes follow the legions. It may well be that it was some such terrible experience which had driven him insane. Sadly, horrific pain and brokenness of this sort is carried by far too many human beings. Some of you will remember a dear elderly saint who had been a part of this congregation up until her death a few years ago, uh, Mary Z. Everybody called her Mary Z because she was from Lithuania, and very few of us were able to pronounce uh, properly her, her last name, so we just called her Mary Z. Mary had stories from her time of living in Lithuania when the Russians invaded that were similarly horrific to what this man experienced. She carried with her, uh, even to the time that we knew her, a physical mark from those days, a physical wound. She had an indentation in her skull where a Russian soldier on horseback had bashed in her head with the butt end of a rifle. I remember her sharing some of the worst of her stories with me and thinking to myself, how can she be a functioning human being, let alone the incredibly sweet, kind person that she was? How could she not be a completely embittered soul? There are wounds and brokenness that humans carry that are unfathomable unfathomable to me. And such is the man who Jesus meets in this story this morning. And yet, as wounded and broken as this man is, Jesus heals him. He asks him what his name is, He says, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus not to send them out of the area. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go to them. Jesus gave them permission and the evil spirits came out, went into the pigs. They drowned themselves in the sea out of their own anguish. The pigs and those who are 
tending those animals, run to town to tell everybody what's going on. The people for whom this man had had obviously been well known, he'd been howling and they'd been trying to chain him and all these things. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. Jesus had delivered this man from the legion of demons tormenting his mind and spirit. This man was freed. He was healed and at peace within himself. This is the power that Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one of God, brings to our lives and to our world. Last week, we looked at the story of Jesus calming the wind and the waves on this same Sea of Galilee. But, and we saw Jesus revealed as Lord even of the physical elements of creation. This week, we see that Jesus has the same power over the spiritual elements of our lives. Whatever it is that brings turmoil within, Christ has the power to heal. This is the vision of the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah, that was given to Isaiah centuries before Jesus was born to earth. We hear that uh, God, who created the heavens, stretched them out, gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people, a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. This power for healing by Jesus extends from those who are literally blind in prison or sitting in dungeons of darkness to those who are figuratively blind and in prison and sitting in dungeons of darkness. Just as Jesus has the power to control the elements of the creation, the physical elements, Jesus has the power to heal all of our wounds and our brokenness. This story also reveals that Jesus can and will heal the wounds of brokenness within our communities and between whole people groups, between all human beings. Even if this man in this morning's story that Jesus heals, even if he was Jewish, he was clearly ostracized from society as unclean. He lived among the tombs of dead people. For a person of the Jewish religion of the time, anyone in contact with dead bodies was ritually unclean, unfit for society. They would have been prevented from coming into contact with another person until they had gone through a ritual cleansing. This man also lived near pigs. Pigs were unclean animals, making him even more unclean. But likely, this man that Jesus healed wasn't even Jewish. He was most likely a Gentile. 
The area of the 10 cities, the Decapolis we hear, was heavily Gentile, which is part of the reason why pigs were in the area is because Gentiles didn't consider them unclean and could raise them. At the time, Gentiles in and of themselves, just in their existence, were considered unclean by nature, by God's covenant people. They could only be in community with Jewish people if they had converted to Judaism and went through in that whole process the ritual cleansing of baptism. We hear a bunch of that behind that story in the New Testament. Peter says, this is a crazy thing that I'm doing, being here among you Gentiles, but I've learned something from God. So our story this morning reveals that Jesus came to wipe away all those distinctions of broken relationships. Jesus came to heal the wounds and the brokenness of relationships both within communities and between different communities, whole people groups. That passage from Acts with Peter relates that story of, of Peter finally understanding this truth and how significant it is. And I like the, the message translation for the way it impacts our own, own understanding of our history in the United States and our present day. Talking things over, they went in and Cor Cornelius, who was a Gentile, uh, introduced Peter to everyone who had come Peter addressed them, you know, I'm sure that this is a highly irregular thing. Jews just don't do this. Visit and relax with people of another race. But God has just shown me that no race is better than any other. So the minute I was sent for, I came. And what would you like from me? And Cornelius says, anything that you have to say to us from Jesus, the master, uh, let us know. And Peter as it says, fairly exploded with his good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you are from. If you want God and are ready to do as God says, the door is open. He talks about Jesus coming and how Jesus puts it all, puts all together, all of us and all that's broken He's doing it everywhere, among everyone. You know the story of what happened. John came and preached a baptism of life change, of preparing for God, and then Jesus came and actually brought the fullness of that life change and healing. He went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. He was able to do all of this because God was with him, and he was God in the flesh. Jesus the Christ can and will heal all that is broken in our world. This is great news for us as individuals. Each of us carry wounds and brokenness with us in varying degrees. Some of these wounds and breaks happened when we were quite little. Some are recent. Some reveal themselves only in moments of quiet reflection, and some destroy, 
trouble our lives every moment of the day. Whatever it is, no matter how severe from this morning's story, we know that there is hope for healing. It doesn't always happen in this life, but we know that Christ has the power to heal all things. And one day, as we read in Revelation last week, one day there will be no more tears. There will be, in our context this morning, no more howling, no more cutting. All will be healed. All will be well. And at the same time that this is fantastic news for us individually, Christ's power also has the, it, it, Christ also has the power to heal communities and the communities of our world. We live in a world rife with broken relationships, some going back centuries, some recently broken. Some that make gathering around a table for dinner unpleasant. Some that lead to the killing of other human beings. Again, whatever it is, no matter how severe from this morning's story, we know that there is hope for healing. And just like individual healing, it doesn't always happen in this life. But Christ has laid out the path for us as his followers on how to live. We don't stay away from those who have been considered other. We go to where they are. And we don't avoid those who have been cast out. We reach out with care. We do all in our power as Christ's hands and feet to heal the broken relationships and the, the, the hurt within one another. But ultimately, it is God who has the power to bring full healing. Jesus himself, the Christ, God in flesh and blood, was wounded, was tormented, was broken, was cast out and killed on a cross. Jesus descended into the depths of hell itself, but was then raised to new life in order that all human beings, no matter what it is, will be healed and united in love and peace. No matter how horrific our pain within, no matter how severely broken our relationships, Christ can and will heal all. Thanks be to God.